History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Greetings on this Pearl Harbor Day, 2023, getting ready to go into the Christmas season while we are in it. As a society, we're going to talk about a serious topic, though, today. We are, we are still dealing with the consequences of the mass injection program of our that our government chose to force upon us, and we will be facing that for a long time to come, sadly. All-cause mortality, in other words, death rates, are up. In fact, another new study just came out that confirms the worldwide vaccine, and what else can I call it, but a, it's a holocaust. I mean, life expectancy in the U.S has gone down. Turbo cancers and other cancer rates are up. Heart attacks are up. Myocarditis in young people, autoimmune diseases, miscarriage, just all kinds of things are up besides all-cause mortality. And that's by 15% or more. But why would that be? Except for the effects of the countermeasures inflicted upon our population after a coronavirus that had the same death rate as the seasonal flu. It only stands to reason, but yet our government isn't looking into it. People are suffering. The vaccine injured are being gaslighted and shunned and denied the help they need. This is the silent tragedy that so many people like Judy Mikovits, who we had on our show at the beginning of COVID, warned against. So our guest today is someone who's taken it upon herself to help people who have been injured, injured by the COVID injections, but have no support among the people that surround them because it's such a touchy subject. And her name is Jana Bruins. For a long time, she's been a health professional providing natural massage and essential oil therapies in a caring and supportive environment. She's very used to helping people with health issues and being supportive. But she has also been speaking out on this issue on OAN, KPRZ, and on Audra Morgan's program. She's starting vaccine injury support groups. She is going to tell us about what her her and her group are doing in response to that inner call. She said that, you know, she had that, just that little voice telling her that's similar to when God calls you. I mean, you feel like it's God calling you. That's he's saying, I need you to help these people. So welcome to our show today, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. First, tell us what happened to your son and your mother and how you got involved in this whole vaccine issue. Mm. Well, about eight years ago, my son, he was 16, and he, out of the blue, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and it was a huge shock. He was healthy, athletic. None of this ran in our family. I didn't know the symptoms. Um, He was, it was an eye-opener. Yeah, that's not something that usually happens, you know, at that age. I mean, no. Type 1 diabetes no. is something that happens at a way younger age. Typically, and it's usually, you're born with it. Yeah, and it's usually hereditary, right. I mean, that they have yeah. said. so. Right. Yeah. So there were some questions while we were in. We He was in um, the children's hospital here because he had, was in full-blown DKA when we recognized what was happening. And um, the nurses 
you know, were very kind to us. And, you know, I was just shocked as a mother that I had no idea what these symptoms were. And um, anyway, the nurses at that time had told us that it was interesting because there was like, there were several other kids his age in that ICU at that same time with type 1 diabetes diagnosis. So they were talking about maybe it's environmental. They didn't know, but this was, you know, eight years ago. So I get home, I start recalling all the things you do with your children to keep them in public school system here in California. And they got a lot of vaccinations, way more than I did when when I was growing up. The requirements are are, are a lot different. So right, it's seventy two by the time you're eighteen. Exactly. Yeah. It used to be and four he had or five. A lot. Yeah. Right. So I just thought I started reading a little bit and thinking, wait, I don't know about this anymore. These aren't such a great idea. And so fast forward to um, my mother, my father was in assisted living for dementia. And then my mother, soon after my dad passed in 2019, my mother went into assisted living after she sold her home because she needed a little bit of care. And um, so anyway, what happens in California, like I said, it's very strict here. When you're in an assisted living home, you have to get the required vaccinations. And when COVID started, they put those blanket requirements out and you didn't have a say. You couldn't have, um, you know, religious exemptions or anything like that. If you're going to live there, you're going to get these these injections. So my mother had five of the Pfizer vaccines in less than a two-year period of time, starting in December of 2020. And along with those, she had to have the flu shot at the same time. So my mom had, you know, obviously she had a few things going on health-wise. She was on 14 different medications. But the last um, two shots of Pfizer that she got were only four months apart. Why would you need to do that? Why would she need that? But it was a requirement, and the people that run these um, assisted living homes and these facilities, they are required by the state of California to follow those guidelines. So there are no eight ways out. So literally, there was a four-month period of time, and then at the very end of October of last year, 2022, my mom had a double dose of the Pfizer and then of the flu vaccine, and less than two weeks later, she passed away in her sleep, and she was completely fine the night before. And I just want to say, I want to make a comment. When you have that many shots, five Mm -hmm. COVID shots, two, three flu shots, and you're on 14 different medications and you're 88 years old and you're elderly, it, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't used to think this, but that's a lot of chemicals in your body. How are you going to handle that? That builds up toxicity. And I was reading a book called The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles Mackey, and it was written in the late 1800s. But he studied some of the the methods that people used, and one of his chapters is called Slow Poisoning. And this has been a method that people have used for centuries to make it look like you're dying of natural causes, but actually it's a, a, a repeated dose of poisoning that is surreptitious. Mm-hmm. That and and of course the healthcare workers don't know that this is going on. They're just following the orders, 
and right. of the state, but these these policies need they're, to be changed. And we need to, to we, the, we need to rethink this very seriously. They're trying to right. they're trying to do their job. They're trying to do their job. But were you, Jana, went along this uh, way? You said the last COVID injection your mom got was October 2022. By that point in time, were you already pretty aware that these COVID injections, just by their very nature, are not a good thing? It, and related oh, to yeah. that, were you trying to intervene at all with the uh, with the facility that she was at and trying to maybe stave I off did. some of these injections? I did. The, in fact, it was the the, the very last one when um, the the facility owners. I had her in a. I had moved her out of a large facility in Ranch Bernardo and put her in a smaller um, place and um, much more better care because it was it was you know they were very watchful over the the um, there's only six residents in there in that community and um, when I spoke with the owner and told him my concerns he agreed with me completely but he said if we don't adhere to this we will be shut down and these people have nowhere to go and I never I never told my mom my fears I never let her think anything negative about it. Um, I just didn't want to put that in her head. But I was very upset, and I had been doing a lot of research on on what this was because of the amount of pressure that went in with the government and with all of the media and all of the things that they were saying and, and the ridiculousness of six feet apart and these masks that clearly don't even cover all of these things, none of it made sense. So, yes, I right. was at that time deep into looking into this, and I personally did not, you know, take these injections um, just out of, I don't know if it just, for me, it, it just didn't make any sense. So I was fully aware, and when they, when I got the call that early morning that she was gone, I was numb because oh, you can't, you, you, you believe it, but in a, there's another part of you that says this can't even be true. This can't be happening. Well, you because were put in an extremely difficult position. I mean, where else is she going to live? You already changed well, I your, you I don't know, ha- oh, right. Gosh. And I don't have extra rooms here. I don't have, and I also couldn't have cared for her myself. I work full time, you know, so I couldn't have done that for her. Um, and, and so there you go. What do you do? You try to do the best thing. You make the right decision. You try to make the right decisions and who knows? So uh, this is where we stand. I'm sure, I'm why. sure, Jana, you did do the best you could. And there's a lot of other people that we've talked with that similarly did everything they could to try to protect their loved one. And that, that shows and the, the extreme. And the power of the state is yeah. just. We've never, seen, uh, we've never seen that before in our lifetime. But, Jana, uh, tell, us, yeah. tell us something about these vaccine injury support groups, because that sounds like something very positive that you're doing to try to help others. Right. Well, what happened was is I started to get involved with um, my mom's shots were Pfizer, and there's a here in San Diego um, we have a they have a facility a Pfizer facility. It's like one of their main um, facilities, and there was a group that was having a rally in front of that to 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 you know uh, what's the word 
you know, to protest. To, yes, I wanted to go to that. Uh, yeah, I protest. I wasn't able to go to it, but I I, I heard about that. I they, wanted it's, to go. It's yeah. a major research facility. There's something like 600 yeah. Pfizer researchers that work at that facility it's here in huge. San Diego. Yeah, here yeah. in San Diego. Up, yeah. yeah, it takes up the whole. It takes up almost the whole street when you drive down that one street. So I went there and I met, that's where I met Audra Morgan and then a bunch of the other people that are really big into all of this and, and they're activists. And so I got to get to know them. And then I started, was encouraged to start going to the board of supervisors meetings, which I've never gone to before. That was an eye opener too. And then I started to, I, I decided that I was going to start a vaccine injury support group here because we have nothing in Southern California. There's no help for the people that have had injections that now have um, side effects. So they're, yeah. they're injured. And, and they, they know that it's know. a shot. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly because they, the, the problems start pretty quickly after these injections. And then when, when also, and there's no, there's never any explanation to these people like, well, wait a minute, maybe I didn't get informed consent, but now I'm wondering what was in that, that I put in my body. And I have underlying issues, like maybe someone has MS or someone has, you know, um, Parkinson's or whatever. So questions started being asked after people started having injections. And then when I would go online to social media sites, I would notice that all these people were talking about their injuries, but every one of them was saying, we need help. But there was nothing that was offering them any kind of help. And for me, I thought, well, if I could start a program here in San Diego locally where people could go physically and have one-on-one support, because we all know how important that is to look people in the eye, to say, this is what I'm experiencing I, and that you get that that comfort level, that that sense of community, and people need that. That one-on-one is so much more important or strong, in my opinion, than just having online support, which yeah. is great. It is great. I'm not cutting it down, but they, the government, has taken all of those sites off of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You cannot have a support group for this because they claim it's false information and they shut them down. So those groups have been closed off. So the frustration level for these poor people who are sitting at home with these ailments that are not getting any help, there's no treatments, there's no nothing. They do have certain treatments where they they inject you with like um, different kinds of saline or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they are saying they're they're putting they're trying your, different things yes they have right, different they're protocols trying different things but there's yeah. nothing that's working completely and not only that if you look at all the people that are injured the the injuries are 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 hundreds of different things yes it's, it's insane so my and and any not, I, I just want to say any other drug like when you are treating a patient in the medical system, you always look to what was the cause, what ha- what drugs did you take right mm-hmm. beforehand, before you had this reaction. You look for drug reactions. Why don't they look for vaccine and reactions? To, and Vaccines all drugs. are drugs. And so they, they instead, they do the opposite. They just completely deny that it could be. They rule it out before they even investigate, and it's just a scandal. Any and other drug, just, 
even dr- after drugs are approved, and I used to work in the pharmaceutical industry, after drugs are approved for at least a couple of years post-FDA approval, you do surveillance and you particularly request that doctors report any side effects and side effects that would have been a small, tiny percentage of what we're seeing with this vax would have been more than enough to pull the drug off the market. But it it's should have been pulled off the market a yeah. long time yeah. ago. There's many doctors that are calling for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and other for instance, pharmacist groups are also saying that it should be taken off the market. We're trying to get the pharmacy board here in California to take it off the market because it's contaminated with DNA. And by the way, there is a big lawsuit in, I mean, besides other quality control problems and other issues, there's a big lawsuit. Did you read about this? This uh, Texas. Suing, State of Texas yeah. suing Pfizer. Is Ken Paxton yeah. the... Attorney General, there's a big whopping lawsuit against Pfizer for misrepresenting what their product does uh, in, on yep. multiple I counts. They but s- back back to the support so, groups for a minute because yeah. we're going to so, <laughs> find we're going to find in a couple but, minutes that we're. Sp- but this is what you pre- would be able to talk about in a support group is all the things right. going on. Well, you know, in the public square have- and the resources that. You can refer people to. Well, a lot you know? of people are coming up on their own. They're digging into their own resources and saying, well, you know what? Dandelion tea is really taking away the tremors at night in my legs or yeah. whatever. You can share those kind of things with people where now, because they've taken us off of social media, you can't even do that. So this is a, the one-on-one is great, and they're, but I'm also offering the Zoom calls with people because there's a lot of people who cannot get out of their home. They don't have transportation or they're not mobile enough to do that. So there's all kinds of options here that we can, that we're offering and everything is free of charge. So there's nothing that they they have to worry about. So we encourage people to get a hold of Jana and where can they get a hold of you, Jana? Um, We care for you 99 at AOL.com, correct? I mean, they they can email you. So repeat that again. We, we care for you, 99, the number, the, the numbers, two nines, at AOL.com. And, and we, still have, we still have a few minutes left. To, I want to ask you about another thing, Jana, you're doing with these folks. This REACT-19, it sounds like you're doing a study to try to get more information about these vaccine injuries. Can you tell us right. a little, about, little bit about sure. that? If you go on to react19.org, you can see there's a, there's a, you can click on a button there, and it's about this study that they're doing. And the study is being conducted to gather more information about COVID-19 vaccine reactions, including symptoms, um, the timing of the adverse events, testing, and what diagnoses have been made as a result of the vaccine. Um, And the survey also investigates what treatments have been tried and their effects. So this data may help uh, REACT-19 publish patient-driven data about vaccine reactions in hopes of educating the medical community and other vaccine-injured individuals because nobody's done this kind of thing before. So they're hoping to get about 2,500 people to take this short survey, and you can easily, and from all around the world, you can easily take it um, just by going to their react19.org. Um, website. Because, and another reason this study is so important is that they can use this evidence that they're Mm -hmm. gathering in court. 
to right. you know as evidence that yes these these injuries are happening on a on a large scale and large and it's even scale. in the Pfizer package inserts a lot of these uh, vaccine injuries they they're right on the package insert but nobody knows nobody's mm-hmm. treating it the, the healthcare professionals aren't aware because they aren't being told and the CDC isn't doing these kinds of studies so it's ta- it's it's uh, it, it falls incumbent on individuals that like yourself and like what's the name of the lady that's doing it Bree uh, COVID nineteen oh, and she's Brianne Dressen yes co-founder of of React nineteen her story is incredible and her symptoms are are horrible and she's out yeah there she was injured terrible. Programs. Yeah. She was terribly injured, and um, but she's having to so raise all her own funds. You know, it's it's right. very expensive to do these kinds of studies, but it's it lay it it falls upon us as citizens, and just uh, so everyone, you know, that would be another benefit of joining the vaccine injury group or the support group if you know pup, and, and, anybody and, and, in it, right. or is, if you know people that need and it. We're local, but this can be done everywhere, anywhere. So. Other people. I have a friend in Virginia who's going to be doing the same type of vaccine injury support groups there. Um, this is so beneficial. And so, anyway, real quick, I'll just get in that the next our next in person support group is Saturday, January sixth at Excellent. eleven a.m. at the Super Bloom Coffee and Juice Bar, which is at twenty six eighty eight East Mission Bay Drive. So um, it, it it should be a nice and, you know, not a ton of people show up, um, but we're hoping that as time goes on and more people talk about this to themselves, to each other, that this group will be able to get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And, um, and can, I just want to tell people about Operation Postcard, too, and we are... Yeah. Working together on this, you and I, Jana, um, getting the lists of addresses in in our particular zip code or certain areas, you can do that. You can get those from the uh, the county recorder's office, or there are also websites. Just get all the all the addresses in a zip code. Send them a postcard. We're going to tell them tell people about these vaccine injury support groups and right. about the book Vax versus unvaxxed because there's now a lot of scientific evidence being published that shows mm-hmm. that the unvaccinated are healthier than the vaccinated yeah. uh, the actual science that's, so, for, that's from children's health defense yes it is so yeah. I- anybody that wants to volunteer to be in that or help we we'd like to hear from you and that's once again we care for you 99 at aul.com or you can get a hold of me at biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. So uh, what else would you like to tell people, Jana, in the couple of minutes we have left? I just uh, want to thank people. We've had a real, when I go to the rallies and things, we have a lot of people that come up and tell their own personal stories. And I've been encouraging people to, you know, share this group. Um, it's It's difficult to to get the word out. You, if you put up a flyer, sometimes they'll get pulled down if people take offense to the topic matter, which is just insane to me. But um, the more yeah. people that know about us, the better. And everyone knows at this point someone who's been injured or harmed or they you know, know someone who knows someone. And um, I think if we all come together as a, as a you know, community, we can really be helpful 
And um, people need that help. They need the one-on-one. It's just like when you go to AA meetings, people swear by that 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 feeling of community and support, yes. and no judgment. See, that's another thing. There's no judgment here, and um, that's what people need. Well, and some people are afraid of being. They're afraid of being gaslighted, like the unvaccinated mm-hmm. were during the height of oh. the pandemic. I mean, and so yeah. they were accused of killing. Not only grandma, but killing little kids and all kinds of atrocious, mm-hmm. atrocious things. Well, one quick thing in the last few couple minutes, but one idea that we have had is that maybe the money from the CARES Act and the Rescue Act that's still out there, instead of being spent on all these frivolous other things, other left-wing causes. They're really, they're, the money is yeah. really being spent. On climate change and green green new deal, we talked about that last week about the vaccine injured, and so yeah, this coercive federalism that we talked about last week, it should be called out, and the money should go to the vaccine injured. That's what we need to do, and we could do a whole show on that, and maybe we will. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to pray for these vaccine injury groups. These support groups. We're going to pray for you, for your leadership. Thank you for all you're doing. It's just amazing that you've been, that you're stepping up. Uh, Your story is very compelling with your son and your mother. Gosh, it's really impacted your life. So you're doing something positive about it. So thanks for being with us, Jana. I'm going to give your email one more time. We care for you 99 at AOL.com. Thanks so much, Jana. Till next week. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) It's been great to have you. Till next week, Biblical Citizens, let's roll. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. 